Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope wherever you're listening, you are blessed by this week's message. This is a great Sunday, and you might not know it, but it's actually called Pentecostal Sunday. Yes, there is a holiday called Pentecostal Sunday. And it's a day where we celebrate the day of Pentecost. Now, let me ask you a question, because I believe that this word Pentecost might bring some bit of a confusion for a lot of us. So think about this question. Are you Pentecostal? Or what is a day of Pentecost? Or what does Pentecost mean? Right. These are some questions I want you to think about, because growing up, if you're if you're like me, I've heard these terms, you know, all my life. And you just sort of relegate Pentecost to a certain expression in church. So if a church is very vibrant, church speaks in tongues. Oh, they're Pentecostal. If a church is very quiet and they just sing hymns, they're not Pentecostal. And so we tend to look at Pentecost or being Pentecostal as an expression or the way you worship. And that might have some, some, some truth to it, but really, that's not the definition of Pentecostal. It doesn't really have anything to do with how you worship or how you express or how loud or how, how, sm- or how, how quiet you are. Uh, Pentecostal actually is a biblical holiday, um, and it's found in the Old Testament. And it's actually called, in the Old Testament, it's called the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Weeks. And um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, about that because really the day of Pentecost, as we see in the New Testament, um, is really a special moment in history. And it really ushered in something uh, dramatic, I should say. It ushered in something very, very powerful that is impacting our lives today as Christians. And so I really want to, I want you to follow along with me. Um, let me just give you a little bit of history. As I mentioned, uh, the, the day of Pentecost, right, was a holiday and is a holiday in the Jewish calendar. And it really commemorated a time of the harvest being at its ripest. So if ever you've been to a supermarket, for instance, and maybe you're picking out fruit, sometimes the fruit is hard, sometimes the fruit is, is not ripe, right? And so you buy it and you kind of put it aside and maybe you put it in a paper bag and you let it ripe, you let it come to a place where it's, it's perfect, right? And so that time of perfection, if you would, when that, when that fruit is like the best and it's like the best time to eat it, that's what you would call the day of Pentecost. It's like the day where the fruit or the harvest is at its most ripe. And um, I, I, that, that's just a simple analogy that I want you to think about because that's what the day of Pentecost really meant. It meant that this is the full measure of the harvest, and it was a time of celebration. It was a time where people gave thanks. It was a time where people commemorated God's goodness for the land of Israel, and that was what the day of Pentecost was in short. Now, let me talk to you about two other holidays, though, that preceded this, because this is very important. I want you to really follow me here. Uh, You may have heard of the Passover. The Passover was a time where it was another feast where the children of Israel got together and they commemorated the deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery. Right. And so that took place. And then there was a holiday right after the Passover called the Feast of First Fruits the Feast of First Fruits. And uh, this was another uh, feast where the children of Israel would celebrate not only God's deliverance of them out of Egypt, 
but also God's provision for them into the promised land. It was them celebrating God, taking them out of Egypt, but bringing them into a land that flowed with milk and honey. So this was also a holiday where people would give thanks and people would celebrate because of the goodness of God in the land of Israel. So let's recap. I talked to you about three, three uh, uh, feasts. One was the Passover feast. Second was the feast of first fruits. Okay. And third was the feast of weeks or Pentecost. And why is it called the feast of weeks? Right. Let's, let's examine that for a second. I'm, I'm just giving you a little bit of history because I really want you to appreciate what Pentecost means. When we say this is Pentecost Sunday or are you Pentecostal or do you believe in the day of Pentecost? I no longer want you to look at it as just, you know, again, just an expression of, you know, someone who, who is loud or who speaks in tongues or who believes in certain things. It's more than that. I mean, those things have probably some truth to it, truth, truth be told, but the reality is it's much, much more than that. And so the Feast of Weeks, the reason why Pentecost, Pentecost, by the way, is the Greek term for the Feast of Weeks. So the Feast of Weeks is what you would see in the Old Testament, right? And the Feast, uh, and, and Pentecost is how you translate it in the Greek. So Greek generally is what the New Testament was translated um, from into English, and yet in, in, in the Old Testament, it was Hebrew. So the Feast of Weeks, the reason why it was called that is because between the first fruits feast, right, and the Feast of Weeks, there were 50 days, there were 50 days or seven weeks plus one day, 49 days plus one, right? And so the Feast of Weeks would be, would be a time period, right, where you would begin to count between the Feast of First Fruits, you know, this is the day where the first fruits began to bud and people began to celebrate God's beginning of his provision in the land. But again, remember, Pentecost was a culmination of the ripest fruit, right? And so 50 days after that, that's when the harvest was at its full, right? So you have the first fruits, and then 50 days would pass, and then after 50 days, the day of Pentecost, or the, the, the feast of, of, of weeks, right? So those are the three things I want you to remember. We remember Passover, the feast of first fruits, and also the day of Pentecost, right? And so this is the picture that I want you to recognize is that when Jesus was about to go to the cross, this all happened, this all happened around the Passover. And if you recall, he gathered his disciples. He says, listen, I want to have a dinner with you. We call it, you know, we call it the, the Passover meal, if you would. And they sang, a, they, they sang a hymn and they worshiped and they prayed and all of this, all the things that you have heard preached all throughout the years. But this is a day where Jesus is about to be betrayed, right? He goes to the cross, he dies, right? And what happens right after he resurrects? You know that on the third day he resurrects. Did you know that he resurrected on the day of first fruits? the day of first fruits. I want you to think about that. So you have the Passover, the day of first fruits, and then do you realize that 50 days later, something amazing took place? And that was the giving of the Holy Spirit where the people of God were filled for the first time, and yes, they began to speak in tongues. So why is this important? It's because I believe that 
the, the day of Pentecost is not just about people being filled with the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. It was a expression that this is the ripest time in history. We're no longer talking about grain anymore. We're not talking about agriculture. We're talking about the ripest time for people to be saved. So when the Holy Spirit came upon the people of God, it wasn't just because, you know, this is the day of Pentecost. Oh, wow, what a coincidence. It happened on the day of Pentecost. No, it happened on the day of Pentecost because God was demonstrating something that this is the time. This is the day where we're not talking about grain anymore and agriculture. No, we're talking about something much more precious. We're talking about people. And this is the day. These are the last days, or as you would say, the Pentecostal days, the days where the fruit is most ripe, where God wants to harvest the people of God. He wants to harvest the people of this world. He wants to harvest souls. That's what the day of Pentecost is about. And so we're going to read in Acts chapter 2, where it talks about what happened on the day of Pentecost. And it says in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. So think about that. So we're talking about one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, up until the 50th day. That's the day that the Pentecost had fully come. It said when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This is about 120 disciples now. They're all in one place. They're sitting, they're praying, they're communing with one another. And what happens? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That must have been a very big house, 120 people. (laughs) And it filled the whole house. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So if you read on, you'll see that 3,000 people got saved that day. Now that's significant because what I didn't tell you is that if you go back if you go back to, to the Old Testament, when God was giving the law to Moses, right, 3,000 people died that day. It was a judgment. It was a judgment because the people began to uh, um, worship a false god. They began to play the harlot, as the Bible would say, and began to parade themselves before a golden calf. And God judged them. And 3,000 people died that day. Do you realize That was the day of Pentecost. That day was the day of Pentecost, right? Now you fast forward into the New Testament. What happens? That same day, the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit blows upon the people. And what happens? Peter preaches a message and 3,000 receive the Lord. That's amazing. So in the Old Testament, in the giving of the law, 3,000 people perish. But in the New Testament, what happens? 3,000 people receive the Lord. I want you to see something, that the day of Pentecost is a day, is a day where we experience the Holy Spirit in his fullest measure. Notice I said his fullish, fullest measure and not it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's God, and God wants you to experience him in his fullest measure, and the reason he wants you to experience him in his fullest measure is because this is the time where the fruit of the earth is at its ripest. Man, if you look around, we're living in crazy times. We're living in times of injustice, 
crime, people are afraid, sickness, disease, pandemics, economies are failing. It may look like a terrible time, and in, in many respects it is. You know, but do you realize that even though things are going crazy, yet this is the time that is most ripe for souls? But how do you reach people? And how do you experience God in a very special, meaningful way when things are going crazy? You experience him through his spirit. This is what the day of Pentecost is all about. And so when the Holy Spirit blew in that place and all of the people of God began to pray and sing and worship in other tongues, what happened? It drew a crowd on the outside of that building, of that house. And people gathered and they said, what's going on? How is it that we can hear each each of our own languages being spoken at the same time. And it was a sign, it was a wonder. And some even said, these people must be drunk. <laughs> Think about that. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's just say you don't speak French and you hear me speaking French. Would you think I'm drunk just because I'm speaking a language that, that you don't understand? You probably wouldn't think I'm drunk. Let's just say you don't speak Mandarin, but you hear someone speaking Mandarin. Would, you, would, that, would that make you think that they're drunk because they're speaking a language you don't understand? Probably not. So why would they consider these people drunken men? Why would they look at them and say, these guys must be drunk? Well, evidently, the Holy Spirit is not just interested in just giving you a new language where you can pray in tongues, right? But he's also interested in filling your life up with joy, with such joy that it just looks hilarious. It looks crazy. I believe it. This is just my own imagination. And as they were praying and singing and worshiping in tongues, they were laughing. They were dancing. They were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was as if these people were drunk. These people were looking at, they were looking at these people like, what are they doing? It wasn't just that they were just speaking another language. They must have been acting in such a way that resembled someone who was drunk. Now, you've seen drunk people before, right? You've seen people stumble. You've seen people that are drunk. They're stumbling. They're, they're mumbling. Or maybe they're, they're laughing hysterically. Maybe they're just, they're, they're, they're just in, in, in your eyes, maybe they're just not coherent. They're not in their right mind, right? Well, that was sort of the picture. That was sort of the picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were praying in tongues, singing in tongues, worshiping in tongues. They heard their language. They were like, this is crazy. How is it that we hear our own language? There's 120 people gathered, and we hear all of our language at the same time. And yet, they said, these men must be drunk. It must be because there was also joy. There was also laughter. There was a, it was like a party. Let me tell you something. It was like a festival. And that's what the day of Pentecost is about. It was truly a feast. It was a feast of weeks or a feast where it is a celebration of the ripest fruit or the fruit being its ripest in its harvest season. And let me tell you something. Today is that day. We are, this is why throughout that, that passage, if you continue reading in Acts chapter 2, Peter says, guys, we're not drunk. He says, this is what's going on. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And he says, these are the last days. Think about it. He used the term last days. Again, speaking of Pentecost, that is what Pentecost meant. It meant last days. It meant the, 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 the time when the fruit was most ripe. That's exactly what Pentecost means. And so I want you to know right now, yes, we are living in the last days. The last days is not just doom and gloom and 
earthquakes and things that are just, you know, you know, going on and, and turmoil and rumors of wars and all the things that you hear about. The last days is also days of glory. The last days is also days of joy. The last days are also days where people look at you and they say, man, you must be drunk with something. You must be high on something. You must be on something. How is it that you are, you're at peace. You're at, you're, you're in joy. You're, you're, you're never down. What, what are you taking? What's, what are you on? I'll have what she's having. You know, that, that kind of colloquialism that people like to use. That's what the last days look like, but you're drunk on the Holy Spirit. And I want to let you know, this is what the day of Pentecost looks like. It looks like a time of refreshing by the Spirit of God. And I want to share this with you because I believe that some of you, you may be looking at me right now, hearing me, wondering, well, I want that. I want to experience the Holy Spirit in his fullest measure. I want to, I want to be that, that I want to be like those disciples that are drunk in the Spirit. I want to experience joy and peace like I never experienced before. I want to break out in laughter for no reason, right? I want to feel the peace of God like I've never felt before. That all comes by way of the Holy Spirit. This is your portion. This is your right. This is your inheritance as a child of God. Man, I'm so excited about this. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, when he came upon the people in the, in the upper room and they began to speak in other tongues and Peter began to preach the message of salvation, the Holy Spirit ushered in the gospel. The Holy Spirit ushered in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit ushered in the new or the good news, I should say, the good news that you can be saved from your sin. This is all happening on the day of Pentecost. This is what the day of Pentecost is about. It's not just that you speak in tongues. Does the Lord want you to speak in tongues? Unequivocally, yes. I want you to know that. You can speak in tongues, and you should. And there is a, there, there is a glorious, glorious uh, uh, virtue in tapping into this expression of the Holy Spirit. But it's more than just speaking in tongues. I know a lot of people who speak in tongues, but they don't have joy. I know people who speak in tongues, they don't have peace. I know people who speak in tongues, and they don't have the life of the Spirit. They just have an experience where they were once baptized in the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. But God wants more for you than just that. He wants to fill you and keep filling you. He wants you to be filled and keep being filled. He wants it to be a constant renewal, a constant flow. This is what the last days represent. And so we celebrate the day of Pentecost today. Yes, May 31st, we, we, we celebrate it. It's a wonderful thing. But let me tell you something. This is not just something that just happened in history. The day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The, out, the outpour of the Holy Spirit took place, and that's that. No, once the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. Guess what? Every day can be a day of Pentecost. You no longer have to wait 50, day, 50 days after the first fruits, you know, and now you can experience this joy. No, every day you can experience this, and it comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm so excited. Next week, I'm going to go more into this. I'm going exp- to teach on how to experience the life of the Spirit and the Spirit-filled life. It's an amazing thing. But I just want to let you know, just want to whet your appetite a little bit today, that the day of Pentecost is the time where the, where the fruit is its most ripe. And you are that fruit, and so is all of humanity. And God wants to use you. He wants to empower you to win others to the Lord and he wants to minister to you personally, personally. Let's look at how this looks like. I'm thinking of a scripture found in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. There's another feast I want to talk to you about, and this is this feast here. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. 
okay? I don't want to go too deep into that right now, but at the last day of this feast, it was like a seven-day feast, they would take water and they would, they would pour it out as a drink offering, as an offering to the Lord. It was a lot of water. It was, a, it was called the libation ceremony. They would pour water out. And this is what Jesus says. On the last day, that great day of the feast, that means this was like the culmination of the feast, the last day, the, the thing that, 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 that shows a crescendo of this entire feast. Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Notice what he's saying. This is a moment where people are pouring water. People are sometimes pouring wine as a drink offering. And Jesus uses this opportunity and says, hey, if you're thirsty, come to me. While we're seeing this water being poured out, while we're seeing all of this ceremonial uh, worship taking place, this is the perfect opportunity for me to draw your attention to something much greater than this ceremony, and that is me. And he says, if anyone is thirsty, come to me. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers, rivers, rivers. I want you to think about that word, out of his heart. This is what Jesus is saying. He who believes in me, he who comes to me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Notice this happened on the last day, okay? I believe that there's something to that. I believe that Jesus, again, is demonstrating something. After all your feasts, after all your partying, after all your festivals, after all your ceremonies, the last day, I want to save the best for last, and the best for last is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is the true thirst quencher. He is the one who is the one who satisfies your life. The Spirit of Christ in you, he is the one that makes makes it all make sense. Everything else is just cheap fillers. And I want you to know right now, the Holy Spirit wants to do a fresh work in your life. The day of Pentecost is about freshness. It's about newness. It's about ripeness. It's about God doing something amazing in your life through his spirit. It's about you coming out of the, 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 the usual. It's about you coming out of the mundane, the normal routine. It's about you opening your heart to something dynamic, something fresh. It's about you receiving prophecies. It's about you seeing signs and wonders. Yes, it's about about speaking in tongues. It's about the gifts of the Spirit. It's of all the glories, all the powers, all that God wants to demonstrate to you and through you. That's what the day of Pentecost is about. It's the Spirit of God in his fullest measure in the last days where the fruit is its most ripe. It's the day of harvest. It's the day we celebrate. Yes, this is the last days. Yes, there's wars and rumors of war. Yes, there's craziness going on, but this is the golden moment, the golden hour. This is the most ripe moment. This is the time where we need the Holy Spirit more than any other time. And I want you to open your heart right now to receive a fresh dose of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right where you are, I wanted to, I wanted to be seated with you because I want you to really get this picture that the Holy Spirit wants to sit on you. He wants to, he wants to minister to you. He wants you to be at a place where you're at ease, where you're at rest, and he wants to do his best work in your heart. But you need to be at a place where you're seated in his presence and you're receiving from him. Like I said, I'm going to go a little deeper with that next week. But I want you to know right now, as we celebrate Sunday, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday, this is the day where the Holy Spirit does something fresh and new in you. 
Go with me, if you could, to John chapter 4. And I like this story. This is a woman who Jesus has a conversation with. And I can't go into all the details right now, but he's having a long conversation with her. He's going back and forth, and he's telling her about her life. And she's a woman that had uh, uh, several marriages prior, and he begins to minister to her. And in verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, because they were by a well, he says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The reason why he said this to her is because initially he starts the conversation with her by asking her for some water. He says, can I have some water, please? She's by a well. She has a bucket. She's, she's, she's drawing water. He's seated somewhere. He's like, can I have some water? She's like, listen, you're Jewish. I'm a Samaritan woman. We shouldn't be talking. Why are you asking me for water? You don't even have anything to draw with. And she's kind of giving him a hard time. And he says, listen, if you knew who I was, <laughs> if you knew who I was, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd be asking me for some water. I love Jesus. Jesus was gangster. <laughs> Jesus was like, look, you don't know who you're talking to, you know? I'm the one who could actually fulfill your needs. And Jesus was saying something very powerful. He was saying, listen, give me water and I will give you a fountain. And I think that's so beautiful that Jesus is not offering you water. He's offering you a fountain. He says, the water I give, it won't just be water that you drink and you'll get thirsty again the next day. Mm -mm. I don't want to give you water. I want to give you a source. I want to give you a fountain. I want to give you something that you don't ever have to go out and get anywhere else. It's already in you. He says, the water I give you will be a fountain that springs into everlasting life. In other words, whatever you're thirsting for, whatever you're looking for, I want to give you something that will make that thing irrelevant. I want to give you a fountain where you will never have to chase another man, another woman. You don't have to chase money. You won't have to chase prestige, acceptance. You won't have to, you won't have to chase all that you're chasing. All that you think will make you a man, all that you think will make you a a desired woman, all that you think will make you accomplished in people's eyes, all that you think will make you somebody. I want to give you something that will make that thing irrelevant. Your chase is over for things that won't satisfy when you have the fountain that's in you. And I want you to know right now, Jesus is not offering you water. He's offering you a fountain. And that fountain is the Holy Spirit. When you receive Christ in to your life, when you have Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ in you, He is not just water. Mm-mm, he's a fountain. Praise God. And that fountain never runs dry. That fountain springs up to everlasting life. That fountain, the Bible declares, is wells. Wells, not a well. It is wells of salvation. That means whatever you desire, it comes with salvation. Whether it's healing, whether it's acceptance, love, peace, joy, strength, protection, whatever you you need wells of salvation are in you by way of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now, this is the day of Pentecost. Amen. This is the day where you are fulfilled. This is the day where the Holy Spirit does something fresh in you. This is the day where we, yes, go into the glories of glory and we worship. We worship in the Spirit. Listen, if you pray in the Spirit, if you pray in tongues, if this is an experience you've had, don't be ashamed of it. Don't look down on it. Don't say, well, you know, that happened before and, you know, I'm not sure about that. No, no, I want you to celebrate it. But right now, I want you right where you are in your living room, 
Maybe you're watching me in your bedroom. Maybe you're in your kitchen. I don't know where you are. The Holy Spirit wants to invade your space right now. The Holy Spirit wants to invade your heart. He wants to invade. He wants to do something fresh. So right now, would you just lift up your hands with me? Yeah, we're going to do this. Right now, I want you to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I receive. Come on, say it with me. Lord, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I receive the freshness that the Holy Spirit gives. Lord, I receive. Yeah, I receive from you. Do something in me that you've never done before. I want you to do something in me that will radically change my life, that will radically change my mind, that will radically change my emotions. Lord, you have my heart, and I'm asking you for more. Come on, right now, say more, 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 more of you. Lord, I am tired of the mundane, the usual, the routine. Lord, I want more. Come on, that's where, that's where the poor begins. The poor begins when you start asking for more because the disciples were at the, the, the upper room. They were at the upper room and they were in the presence of the Lord waiting for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. They were in a position to receive because they were waiting. I want you to know this is the time where you receive, where you take that same posture. Lord, I want more. Lord, I'm waiting for more glory. When you ask for more, the Lord will give you the poor, the poor of the Holy Spirit, the outpour of grace, the outpour of power, the outpour of joy, that outpour that will make you like a drunken madman. I, I know you want that. It is your portion. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, lift up your hands and bless him for the pouring of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Maybe you're watching me and you're not even sure what this means. You're not even sure if you even know Christ as your Savior. Pray this prayer with me right now because he's drawing you. Say, Lord, come into my life. I want a relationship with you. I am a sinner and I need your salvation. I believe Jesus. I believe he died for my sins and rose on the third day. I repent of my sin. Forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that for the first time, you are now a child of God. I have some simple instructions I want to give you. Please stick with me. God bless you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.